Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Do you want to take your character on a long journey far, far away? That that de- that depends. Is there a pandemic there? <laughs> no, not in not in the game. Yeah. Okay, then yes, <laughs> yes, let's go. Awesome. I'm up for a trip. <laughs> Cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your co-hosts, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And on today's episode, we are going to chat about a question we got on Twitter from JT Evans, who asked, how do you make long travel interesting? In fact, he said it much better than that. But we jotted down the short version, and before we hit record, I forgot to go look up the long bit again. So my apologies, JT, you're going to get the abbreviated version tonight. Yeah, I think we got the gist of it. I mean, we heard the the original question, and we were like, ah, how do you make long travel interesting? So um, that's what we're going to do for tonight. And um, I've got a few quick definitions that we're going to talk about. And uh, then we'll jump into a little bit of discussion, right? So uh, a little bit of... um, definition starting with the word travel i mean I, I think we all know this but um just so that we're talking about it for tonight this is going from one location to another or in the context of a role-playing game uh characters going from one location to another usually more than um would be covered in turns yeah. right so like one town to another from the town to the dungeon from one spaceport to planet x that kind of thing yeah, I hope you're not counting that in six-second rounds, because my goodness. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, we, yeah, don't yeah. Count, we don't count travel as walking from room A to room B in the dungeon. That's no, not travel. That's, that's not travel. movement. No, no. Okay. Uh, and the other term I'm going to put out here now as a foreshadowing for later in the episode is the word interlude, uh, which is the space in a game... Between the end of one story and the start of another story. So it is the kind of uh, part of the role-playing game where you've kind of finished one adventure and your characters are doing stuff, but you haven't really started the next adventure yet. That's the interlude. Right. And we'll get into a little bit more of that as we get deeper into the episode. Uh, So where do you want to start? Yeah. Well, I think maybe the first thing we should talk about is games that actually mechanize travel. So they already have like mechanics built in to make that process entertaining. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess we should, you know, as, as I'm thinking about this, because we have just a, a like just one bullet point says games which mechanize travel. Yeah. 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 But I'm thinking we should break this into two parts, right? So lots of games mechanize travel in terms of, uh, it takes X amount of time, fuel, resources, or whatever yeah, to get from one space to another, right? Ha- like, half a day on a horse is this many miles. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Traveler's got some, like, mathematics involved in, like, making a hyperspace jump from one section of the, you know, from one sector to another kind of thing. That is mechanized. But what we what we want to actually look at is games that mechanize making travel interesting, Games that mechanize having decisions or the potential for something to go wrong 
while you're traveling. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, and, and wrong in the terms of like during the travel. Like, again, I, maybe, I don't want to be too nitpicky, but like a game that has like hyperspace calculations could be like, uh, make your hyperspace jump navigation roll. And if you fail, you arrive, but you are like uh, X number of, you know, uh, sector like parsecs or something from your destination that doesn't make the travel part interesting no. it just determines whether the travel was successful or not yeah and that is a good distinction and maybe the other thing i should say is not necessarily goes wrong but something goes unexpectedly right yeah there we go yeah That's unexpected fine. is a better word sure um so um i you know what I will do. I can. I can name a couple examples if you want. Yeah, go for it. I mean, I'm right, familiar. So, I'm familiar with one of these, not the other one. But I think you're more familiar with both of them. Um, sure. I I could do. So the one I think that we both know is Dungeon World, which has a move called Undertake a Perilous Journey. Yes. Um, it is a single move, uh, and it is made by three players. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> we can, yeah, we're, there's we're like both a quartermaster. Do we remember? Yeah. Quartermaster Pathfinder, and I forget maybe the like a watch or something like that. I forget. Yeah. Um, but essentially, all of them make a roll, and depending on which ones are successful, kind of determine, um, kind of determine if um, like if it takes more resources to get there, or if you encounter a monster, or if you get lost, or something like that. The The text of the move is covered in Dungeon World, um, but the idea of it is that there is actually a move when you want to go, when you want to travel, so that you can actually, like, very quickly travel in terms of narrative, right? So we can just be like, you're on your way to the, you know, the Grand Duchy, and, um, you know, you make these rolls, and you're like, oh, but, you know, like... But you are ambushed by orcs on yeah. your way there. And then we like can play out a little scene or something. Right. Um, or, or, you know, figure out why it took you twice as many rations as you were expecting. Yeah, right? exactly. You know? yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, that one's pretty straightforward. Um, and again, I haven't used it in a while, um, but I remember it. I also do remember that I think there is a supplement. Don't quote me on this, but I think it's <laughs> called Perilous Journeys. Which kind of blows up this mechanic right. into something much more substantial. Yeah. Um, cool. So I think there, if I if I recall, there is a um, there's a supplement that does that. The other game that I'm intimately familiar <laughs> with, after 39 sessions, I was going to say 38 sessions, 39, 39 sessions, familiar 39 with. last uh, this past <laughs> Sunday, um, is Forbidden Lands. Um, Forbidden Lands has a whole chapter of the book dedicated to what are called journeys. And you, uh, in Forbidden Lands, it, you, it is a hex by hex, uh, travel system. So, uh, it mechanizes the entire process of getting from one place to another. You do not in Forbidden Lands hand wave travel. So if something takes like many, many days to get to, uh, you actually play it out by quarters of the day, and there are different roles that different people in the group can take. So there is a pathfinder who tries, like, who makes a roll to see if you can get from one new hex to another. Uh, there's somebody who's on watch to make sure that um, if there are any encounters, you see them before they see you. Otherwise, you like stumble right into the middle. You can stumble into the middle of a potentially dangerous encounter. Uh, and then there are things like when it gets dark. 
uh, somebody has to um, make a camping roll to actually like set up camp. Otherwise, you get um, otherwise you do not get good sleep, and you start to get affected by lack of sleep, uh, which you think is comical. But I had my players on a trip on a trip home from a relatively benign. They had adventured at this town and were just coming home. Failed two camping checks. And we're actually in pretty dire straits. They had not slept for two days. Boy. They were like exhausted and cold and they like their camping gear got ruined. Like it was bad. Why? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that sounds miserable. <laughs> it was miserable. Like, and it was like, you know, I mean, it wasn't anything we knew was going to happen. It just, you know, the roll of the dice. But there's also things like players can take actions like they can hunt they can forage for food and water. So, like, if your rations start to get low, um, you actually can be like, okay, you know what? Let's um, let's while I'm setting up camp, um, you know, these two are going to go out and they're going to go hunting, and this one's going to go foraging for water, so that we can replenish all our water skins and things like that. Yeah. Um, and what it does is it just makes um, it makes travel a regular. It, it's its own subsystem, but it just makes it part of the game. Like you just. I never, I never hand wave travel in uh, Forbidden Lands. Like wherever the like, what, the act of going to an adventure site is its own one to two session adventure. To get there, do the thing, and then one to two sessions to get back home. Usually faster because the thing about um, Forbidden Lands is I won't get too much into too much more detail than this. But once you have gone through a hex. Uh, you mark it. You know, you do not have to roll to try to go through it again. So you begin to build these like paths of ways that you can um, travel quicker because you know, right? How to but get here's them. the but here's the catch, right? This is where the game is really smart. In the experience section, there is a question that is worth one experience point. That is, did you travel into a hex you have not traveled <laughs> into before? <laughs> So the game both rewards you for ha like carving out paths like the players have like a, you know, set path to get to the town that's nearest to them. So they never have to um, they don't have to roll to uh, find their way there. They do have to check for the occasional encounter um, so they can get there very quickly. But there's no experience in going to places you've already been. You get experience <laughs> when you go off the you go off your beaten trails off the grid. Yeah. And so that that's so. Yeah, and so like that, those kinds of games that um, value travel, uh, and I think um, Mutant Year Zero is another game that has um, by the same group, Free League, that has a similar uh, mechanic to it. So those kinds of games make travel interesting as part of the game, right? It's built, which in. is it's part, yeah, of it. which is cool. But not every game does that. No, I would think, um, I think probably the vast majority of games don't. Mm hmm. He's drinking water, and we. I, I was. I was just going to let you keep going. Just, I didn't have fine. anything more to go with. I don't know. Brain is slightly fry today. No, it's fine. Um, it's fine. I'll pick up the slack. Yeah, um, it's no, all good. So you're right. Um, like the like, not every game does this, um, and not and I and I, I'll be honest. Not every game needs to. Um, Forbidden Lands is specifically about this. Yeah. So. It would be it weird, for example, if we were playing Thirsty Sword Lesbians and there was a giant travel subsystem. 
Yeah, no, it's no. Like we're literally gonna... not the focus. The not focus, the focus of the game. The focus is is flashing swords and like, you know, um, hate kissing. <laughs> yes. I will mention there is one more game that has a good mechanic. I'm just oh, yeah. not familiar with it. Um, but the uh, One Ring game, I believe, had a really cool system. It would have um, to because yes. so much of the story is It's traveling. Walking. Yes. Uh, you walk for a long 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 time three books you walk right so so i believe if i remember correctly the one ring system had um a a pretty good traveling system i don't remember because i never played the game but i've heard from others that that was also very interesting that's a really interesting thing because it's one of those moments where i'm like i will never play that game despite really loving my lord of the rings i will probably never play it as a game that might be weird i'm not going to no, I'm a little okay. bit too much of a purist. I can't even take the movies. Like, yeah, you are really. No, like, no. I, I like, I like, I like the movies. Like, we don't have to get into this. Like, I like the, I like the Lord of the Ring movies, but, um, I, I just, I don't know. We, we, we don't have to get into that. It, get, it opens up a whole. It's can fine. Of it's fine. They're, they're okay. They're pretty, but we don't have to go any further sure. than that. Okay. okay, okay, moving right along. So so if your game does not have this built in, and you want something like it like how are the ways that we could deal with travel so if i'm in thirsty sword lesbians and for some reason they need to travel vast distances because they are space pirates for example sure lesbian space pirates because i would be completely into this game game, (laughs) what if they're like gothic horror lesbian space pirates is that are we getting are we getting close to no are we getting close to gideon you just Take out the pirates part at that point. Sure. They're no longer pirates. Just And then insert the word necromancers instead. Yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, my God. I can't believe I have to I know, wait like, for I gotta the third get this, book I, until 2022. I got to like put the cap back you on really this thing do. before it gets out of control. You, 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 you just opened that one right up all the way wide. And, okay. Okay. Moving right along. Anyway, so, um, so ways that we can manage... Uh, travel in games that don't have a specific travel mechanic. Yeah, um, yeah. The most obvious one, and I think it's definitely one that I use a ton because if we're in a one-shot, which I run a lot of one-shots and short games, then I don't usually spend the time in the story <laughs> on the travel, right? Like I do think Mm -hmm. this is a thing we didn't even talk about, but I'm sort of realizing it as we're having this conversation. Um, Unless it's a game like forbidden lands that is super specifically about like really kind of focuses on the travel. um, A lot of times spending a lot of time on the travel feels like getting in the way of getting to the monkey. So like the travel has to be part of the monkey. Like it has to be part of the thing. Anyway, all of that is so, so the first thing that I tend to usually do is that I just don't, right? Like, and that doesn't mean they don't travel. No, it just, means we a smash cut, right? Like we yeah, hard cut. You start yeah. here, you get on your spaceship, you hit the plaid button, and then here we are arriving at the spaceport. Totally legitimate way to handle it. And, <laughs> yeah. And that is, if it's not interesting, why don't comfort? do it? Yeah. But like, right? like, but that defeats the, the, the question that JT was asking. A it does. I just wanted did to specifically want, ask how to make it interesting. <laughs> it is a hundred percent true. I just wanted to be a completionist in this, in this regard, right? Cause the, the first and foremost is you just don't just have don't. to, you don't have right? to do it. <laughs> yeah. If you're thinking to yourself, I need to make all my travel interesting in a game that doesn't mechanize travel. No, you don't. No, you don't just don't. 
don't you don't have to exactly. play those parts. Right? You don't. I mean, listen, I'll give a good example. Sometimes in Star Trek, they just arrive at a planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and other times they're in the middle of traveling through space and when happens. shit goes weird. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So sometimes it makes sense to do it and sometimes it just doesn't. Sometimes, sometimes it's not worth it. Sometimes, sometimes the interesting part happens in the travel or as part of the travel. And sometimes the interesting part is on the planet and it doesn't matter because nothing happened in the travel. Absolutely. All right. So the next one is... If you want to not dwell on the travel, that is, you want to, you, you, you were at point A and you want to be at point B, but you kind of want there to have been something you could get out of the travel portion. The next thing you could do is you could just ask a few leading questions about the travel. Yeah. And my favorite version of this, because we are talking about me here and I'm a relationship person, is if a bunch of time passed, then I like to ask leading questions about how relationships evolved, right? So it's, you know, why does this person annoy you so much now? Like, what was the weird tick that you realized living yeah. close quarters with them that you didn't know before, right? Yeah. Or, like, wh why, why, what changed about your relationship with this person? Eh, it's not, well, that one's not as good. But like, why do you like this other person better? Who why is, is your whole, new best friend? <laughs> why is the whole group angry at Tony when we arrive right. at, at, at the station? Yeah, that's the kind of shit I want to know, right? Sure. That makes me happy. And because it has changing relationship implications, it has also the implication, it carries with it the implication of time passing, which is yes. really what we're doing with travel, is we're making time pass in the game, right? So how do we make it pass interestingly? Well, what happened to the relationships of our characters while they were stuck on a ship that had really tiny sleeping quarters for the last week? Right. And the other thing this does is it, uh, it seeds the player's with something to pull into the narrative of the game, right? So, yes. um, you know, if if two of the players are sniping at each other because the leading question was like, you know, what's the worst thing about bunking with Quincy, <laughs> right? Oh, man, um, picking on Quincy. <laughs> I love you, Quincy. But if, but if, like, you know, the question is like, what's the worst thing about bunking with Quincy? Well, then you can expect that Senda and Quincy's characters are going to keep this going. Yeah. <laughs> once they get into like once we get back into playing the game right so like now we've reached we've reached the station or we've reached area b and the chit chat that's going on while you're going through town or heading to the dungeon or something is what these leading questions were well and it, it also it does another thing too right which is that it makes that travel time matter because you have yep. something that you're taking forward um, into the rest of yep. the game as a relationship thing between characters. So, I, I mean, yeah. I'm always a fan of leading questions. Um, I love leading questions. I actually do a little something. Um, it's not travel related, but I actually incorporate this into um, in my new Monero game. I do some leading questions at the start of every adventure. Ooh, every adventure. And so, and that's not every session, right? Yeah. That's the start of every story. Okay, so, fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, at the start of a story, I ask like each player like a leading question or two, and then I kind of just I, I kind of wrap those answers into the opening of my story. Yeah. 
because that also marks like some passage of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I kind of like wrap that into the beginning of the story. And then we actually like start our adventure, sure. which could take several sessions. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, look, I we've I think we've done a show on leading questions. We did. If, um, if, we've, <laughs> if you know, we've been around long enough that if it's been so long it's, since we've done it, we could come while. back and revisit it at some point. I don't know if there's really a whole lot more to say about it. But... I'm just saying people may not even know where. Well, maybe they could go find it. All right. Anyway. Um <laughs> All right. What's another thing? What's another uh, thing you can do? Cool. You can place an encounter of some variety in the midst of the travel, which is a lot of the um, a lot of the things games that mechanize travel, like interesting travel in that passage of time part. What they're doing is mechanizing things. Like, is there an encounter in the middle of this travel period? Yeah. Right. But so you can just make that happen. You can say, you know, you're traveling in the Enterprise and you, you know, encounter another spaceship or you encounter a space anomaly and there's weird tachyon pulses. And <laughs> So this is a thing where um, if you if you like wander out onto drive through, um, a lot of times you can just find these like random lists of stuff. Yeah. Like random encounter, like for fantasy stuff, they got like a oh, bajillion total, random so encounter, many. like right. Yeah. So many so random encounters. Um, but there are, there are ones for space. There's like, there's like all sorts of them. Like, this is a thing where you could either make it yourself or you just like go on drive through, spend 99 cents, download somebody's like random list of stuff and just adapt it for your game. Um, there, you know, it's just, it's a, I guess what we're saying here is like, you have a long travel. What we're just going to do is insert some play time. Yeah. Into, into the travel. travel. Now, I right. will... Can I add a thing that's just a my opinion thing? And it's not a necessary thing for doing this, but I think that if you really want to make this interesting, then if you can tie your encounter to what ends up happening at the other end in some way, um, like to your broader story, it will be even more interesting, especially totally if it's something cool. like where maybe they don't know it when it happens and then they get to the other place and they go, oh my gosh, it's connected, right? Like that's a really good way to make it really interesting, but it is not actually necessary. <laughs> I'm going to just uh, state something here. Yeah. I don't think you ever have to ask for permission to add to the conversation. Did I just ask for... Uh, it has been... You a- did. It was very polite of you, but totally un- <laughs> but totally not needed in the, in the, in the I, dynamic of this show. Did I mention that my brain is a little frazzled? No, no. It's fine. It's fine. I'm just, you know, I don't want to... I, I, I don't want to... Give per- people I, the I, impression that no, you're not letting me I don't want to give... Yeah. Correct. Don't worry. Sometimes he has to stop me. Correct. Be like, it's an um, hour. Please wrap it up. Oh my god. <laughs> so, so what kind of encounters can we have? Um. So, uh, there's the challenge encounter, right? Which is sort of the like you're traveling through space and you you know come across an anomaly, um, or you know we're riding on horseback through the countryside and it's cold and it's chilly and now it's snowing and now it's a blizzard, right? Um. So. Sure. So the the challenge is like a like maybe like a single check kind of thing, right? right? Like maybe a couple checks, like but Depending you know on just what like it is. It, it is some yeah, sort yeah. of you know a thing obstacle. It's an obstacle, right? It's not necessarily malevolently working against you. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. What else you got? Um, combat. I'm really on a Star Trek kick, so in my mind, this is when the Gemadar. <laughs> 
yeah. are suddenly on your tail and they're firing and now you have to deal with this combat situation. Um, totally legitimate. Right? Or, you know, there's an ambush um, in the canyon that you are traveling through or, um, you know, y- you're um, awesome necromancers um, and you can't do necromancy in space, but something happens. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if you know this or not. <laughs> I, I, I should say, I know you know this. Mm-hmm. I don't think our listeners know this, sure. but Ambush in the Canyon is um, <laughs> is the Ditch Lilies country crossover I mean, I, song I, that they did yes. in the 90s. Did yeah. You, I, did you think, I know you know. Yeah, I'm, did, I'm did talking about everybody. Did you think that, that was an accidental reference? Because it Yeah, was no, not. no. I, I mean, I, I picked up on it, yeah. right? I'm like. Yeah, thank you for calling that out. Yeah, no, no. You know, that whole Shania Twain, <laughs> um, the whole Shania Twain kind of thing. Like, yes. that was their, yeah, Ambush yeah, in the Canyon. Ambush in the Canyon, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Not my um, favorite of theirs, but it's fine. It's I mean, good. listen, if you're into 90s country crossover, you know, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's a thing. It's okay. It's fine. It's just yeah, not it's the one okay. I'm going to pick up to listen to all the time. Anyway. No, no, no. <laughs> Did you want to add anything more about combat? Did I miss anything? No, I mean, I think, com- like, like, listen, I, I will say combat is, like, probably the most common one, right? It like, is. it's it's almost like a little cliche at this point. Like, I mean, like, they're hobbits, they're wandering, and then spiders, like, all wrap them up into, like, webs and stuff. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, it, you know, like, I mean, listen, it's okay. It's, tr- it, it, it's... Tradition. It's a trope. <laughs> it's a trope because it works. Um, yeah. Well, again, and- this is one of those places that, like, it's fine and it works. And if you can tie it into your grander plot, it will be more interesting than if it's a random encounter that is just rolled on a table and inserted, right? Uh, yeah, I will even say it's even. Um, it's not only fun to tie it into your main plot. It's even fun. It's even. Uh, it can even be fun if you make a like a little subplot. Like, oh yeah. Uh, hey, you find this like you know like you find this noble like you come across some monsters who have killed uh, another caravan and in it um, you find this ring with an interesting uh, sim you know like signet on it and then when you get to the next town like you you see that signet somewhere else and turning in the ring gets you like a little you know. Um, yeah, if you can if you can link it ongoing to something else and it doesn't isn't yeah, just a doesn't thing even, that doesn't that only matters in that one moment. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's that, like that's a little thing you can do is like carry that stuff um carry that stuff forward um etc. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm good with that. Cool. Um and then uh, the the last one is some sort of extended skill check, right? So if this is um, if this is not just a little bit of snow squall that you have to travel through, if you're suddenly traveling through four days of blizzard, um, you may need to you know use some survival skills to accomplish that in an ongoing way. Um, and the interest there is then seeing how this affects your characters. Right? Um, how are they going to do it? Are they going to get in trouble while they're traveling? Um, are they going to make it to the other side, right? Because now we have questions about if they're going to make it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, this could also be in the sci-fi thing. This could be like uh, you hit a quantum filament. Yeah. And, um, you know, the multiple like multiple systems on the ship fail at once and everybody can kind of make a roll to stabilize it. And the dock can, you know, heal a few people who got banged around and <laughs> who, who the engineer puts murdered main, by, gets main power. You got to get you got to get the people healed up who got attacked by console sparks. Yeah, yeah. Console sparks are console deadly. sparks are deadly. 
Yeah. Very deadly. If they if a console explodes, um that's that's uh that is a second level damage to a ship. The first level damage to a ship is that something vents um some sort of smoke. Yep. Uh in the background. Right. That's second level that's, second level damage. Second level is, is a console explosion. Yep. Uh, and then we start to, you know, we get into things like um, main power, helm control. Yeah, once you, know, you move weapons that stuff, offline. get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get out. Cool. Yeah. So that's extended skill checks. And that, that would just be basically, you know, the it implies the passage of longer periods of time in which you are in a difficult situation. And your game system may have a mechanism it for may. this, right? Like, it may. Like fourth edition had an ex- yeah. extended skill check system and other systems have it as well where like everybody can kind of uh, chip in on a, you know, on a bigger check. Yeah. Fate has a thing for this. You can create as, a lot of advantages well. by keeping the consoles from exploding. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, well, so the, yes. the next thing that we were going to talk about, you actually talked about not super long ago on Misdirected Mark, um, and it is Interludes. Um, it was yep. Misdirected Mark 419 for more. But so I'm going to toss you this one because you went, already went very deep on that. So give us the high level version. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so so we mentioned, you know, we mentioned at the beginning of the um we mentioned at the beginning of the show the con- the term interlude, the thing being between one story and between the next, right? So if you're leaving Town A having finished your adventure and you're heading to Town B to start your next adventure, you're technically on an interlude, right? So you can use this travel time as a way to kill time. Like, let's say that the way you're getting from A to B is you're on an airship, not not one you own, but like you you rent you know you chart you chartered an airship, and um, you got to kill a couple weeks while you're traveling. Right, right. What are you gonna now? Do? Yeah. Everybody's kind of sitting around. So what do you do? Well, this is a good time for interludes, right? So uh, in Mistracted Mark uh, four nineteen, which is only like I don't know four or five episodes, if that. It's not very long ago, yeah. It's not very long ago. You can find it on the website. Um, we talk about this in 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 excruciatingly <laughs> deep detail. Deep, deep, deep detail. Those are, I was yeah. like, you, I mean, we did it. We did a whole workshop on this. So, <laughs> so I'll just say, here's some of the things you can do yeah. on an interlude, right? So you can work on projects. So uh, maybe while you're on the interlude, uh, the wizard's going to whip up some, um, some scrolls, right? Um, or maybe if they have a portable alchemy kit, they're going to actually like brew a few potions. Um, this is a great time for, PC to PC or PC NPC interactions, mm-hmm. right? This is a great time to have a scene to talk about stuff, whatever. It could be pertinent to the story. It could be relationship wise, like whatever the reason is like to, you know, you guys are all hanging out in the ship and you know this from, if you've ever been on any kind of um, long trip or anything like that, like there gets to be a point where you're just like, you're chilling and so somebody else is chilling, then you wind up talking to them, um, you know, about whatever. And these are just great periods of time to get into like a little, like just a little role playing, um, which is fun, right? Like just a lot of us like 
just uh, sitting around role playing a little. <laughs> so these are great. These are, no, these are and, and again, like you, like you were talking about using leading questions to talk about building up relationships and stuff. These interactions during an interlude are exactly the place where you can build upon relationships. Uh, you could do upgrades and upkeep. So like maybe you're fixing some armor, or maybe you're putting some upgrades on your phase. You know, your phaser rifle. Uh, it's a place where you could do training. So like maybe what are you going to do on your portion of the trip? Well, you know, I'm going to practice uh, my sharpshooting off the bow of the airship, like, you know, with some skeet, like, you know, kind of clay discs and, you know, or the, you know, the wizard's going to mage hand out some clay discs. I'm going to practice my, you know, firing my electric rifle kind of thing. Like these are cool. Like those are cool ways to um, do something while you're passing the time. So I'm a big fan of the interlude. And if you really want to get into uh, more things that you could do during an interlude and how to GM them well, because there's, there are a couple tips for, you know, getting the best, like the most out of an interlude. Uh, check us, check that episode out on, uh, on misdirected Mark on episode 419. And uh, you'll get a deep dive uh, into interludes. A very deep dive. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I, I, I think, I feel like we've covered, I think, I feel like we've covered it, right? Like, I think if, uh, if your game has travel and it's mechanized, that'll be interesting on its own. And if your game doesn't have it, uh, I think we, I think we've given you a couple of good ideas for how to, um, how to turn it out. And I think the interesting part is, and I, I don't, I didn't realize this until we did it. The ones that we said go from the quickest to the longest. Oh, I thought that was intentional. No, <laughs> it wasn't. I thought but that it, was just us actually organizing it, them as like, here's the easy tiniest, and then we get bigger and right. bigger and bigger. The, right. The tiniest being the hard cut, right? Yeah. The next tiniest being the leading questions. Yes. Uh, throwing a single encounter in yep. um, is like a mid-range one. Mm -hmm. And an interlude where you're going to wind up doing a whole bunch of things with different characters and like you may be going like you know first to brett and then to quincy you know and then over to jake or whatever like that's going to be longer yeah and then maybe so, i mean i don't know and i start going you're on an airship shouldn't there be some sort of mystery but that is a whole separate thing <laughs> that's getting into like another like, that's, that's not creating an adventure an yeah that ceases I well, know. one that ceases to be an interlude and, and two uh you've now turned your travel into an adventure which is also legitimate and is probably say, the longest the version longest one, of this. The longest one is yeah. make the travel the adventure. <laughs> yes. How about you know, that? There's a body on the, you know, on the lightning, you know, on the lightning express. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's totally <laughs> a thing as well. And then in which case, in which case the players thought they were traveling from point A to point B but, in order to get to point B to start their adventure. But no. But another adventure has started in the middle of their travel. Yes. It's very legitimate. That can totally happen. Yes. I like that too. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. All right. We need to close this thing out. All right, cool. And, uh wrap it up and in order to do that you're going to tell me about another show on the misdirected mark network and you have prepared so tell me about which show if by prepared you mean i wrote down the name of the show so i wouldn't have to figure one out when you said those words to me you are correct if you yes. mean prepared as in i actually looked up the blurb for the show 
Incorrect. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I never think I never think you would do that. No, these are bespoke <sighs> blurbs for every show. Yes. So tonight we're going to talk about the lounge. Um, on the lounge, Doc Palindrome invites the best, the brightest, the funnest, the coolest, the wonderfulest. Anyway, a bunch of really neat folks to basically chat about cool gaming stuff and life and the world on the lounge. And it's a uh, it's just a neat little interview show so if you are inter- into interview stuff um if you used to be a fan of uh talking tabletop then check out the lounge yeah awesome awesome cool say send how do people find us on the internet well you can find us on twitter at pandas talk games and that is in fact where jt left us this topic so you can leave us topics there too <coughs> I stole Phil's part. You can also find us in forums.misdirectedmark.com or you can drop us an email, panda, at misdirectedmark.com. And if you were ever in doubt about the fact that we actually record these endings every single week and do not have them pre-recorded, now you know for sure. Phil... Every single week. What what else could they do with the rest of the information I just gave them? Yeah, I mean, Senda spoiled it, but she's absolutely <laughs> right. You should leave us a topic. Um, look, here's the thing. Uh the whole reason we do this is to help uh, all of you out to make your games um, more fun, more better, um, <laughs> more better, <laughs> more better, more fun. Um, that's going to be our next tag. More that's our better, 2021 tagline. Your games more better, more fun. <laughs> I'm um, <writing> that down. <laughs> yeah, write it right in the notes. Um, anyway, um, leave us a topic. Uh, it's the thing that we really like to do. Uh, we like to do the show about things that you have questions about. Um, One, uh, it's great when other people think of something for us to talk about other than the two of us, because we talk a lot. And honestly, like we know each other's stuff when it comes to games. Mm -hmm. Like we're like, if we sit and talk and be like, "Mm, yeah, you already told me that story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That that does happen. (laughs) There's nothing fun about that for you to listen to. So what's better (laughs) is if you give us a topic and now we're like, oh, JT needs, JT needs some advice. And then like we whip something up. And we're like, ooh, things we haven't talked about eight times with each other already. (laughs) Correct. So for God's sakes, just keep giving us topics. Um, They can come in the form of a question like JT had. Um, They can come in the form of just a general topic. Like you want to hear our take on, um, you know, I don't know. You want to hear our take on um, partials or um, success with complications, right? Like um, absolutely. Like just whatever it is, throw it out there. We'll talk about it. Um, that's not the hard part, uh, but we just, we like to get them from you. And honestly, no kidding in four something years coming up on our fifth year of, uh, this podcast, I, I would say, honestly, 95% of the topics have come from you all. Um, so we're, we're working for you. Um, we like doing that. It's true. If it's our job to make your games more better, more fun. Okay. <laughs> that's just another tagline for the show. Yeah, sure. Um, if you like what we do here elsewhere on the Mistractive Mark Network, please consider uh, supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Uh, patrons get all sorts of good things. You get the after show from Mistractive Mark, the Bamboo Lounge from this show. Access to our Slack Room for Life, um, which, uh, like, I, I can't say it enough. Um, I love everyone who's there. I like hanging out with them. I like chatting with them. And uh, Fridays, if you're working from home, like many of us are, uh, we have a little luncheon 
1230 Eastern, uh, where, you know, if you're part of the patronage, uh, you can come join us and hang out. Um, I, I can't even promise what kind of topics we'll have. It goes all over the place. <laughs> there is no control over that topic oh, list. Boy. But there's a bunch of us. It, it gets up to, I think, like about a peak of about 12 people. Yeah. Um, it's comfortably between 9 and 12 people on a regular basis. Yep. I really enjoy it. It's a nice way to stay connected with everyone, especially since we're not at cons where we normally would see most of, uh, you know, we'd have a chance to see many of you during the course of a year. Yes. This is a really nice way to kind of stay tied together. Yep. Um, I agree. And I am all about staying tied together. Um, anyway, um, the thing about the patronage, which we really appreciate, is that it makes everything about the uh, show and the network possible. So... Um, we really appreciate uh, everything that you can do to help us out. Now, if you are already uh, a patron of the network, that's fantastic. And if you're unable to be a patron of the network, we totally understand. There is a thing we need you to do, though, um, that isn't money related, which is um, which goes to our uh, 2020 uh, slogan, which is, if you listen to us, you will love us. Uh, we need you to get people to listen to the show. Uh, best way you can do it is by word of mouth. Um, spread the word on Twitter. Tell your friends. Uh, if you bump into a gamer somewhere, like, you know, a coworker, just be like, I don't know if you ever listen to, you know, pandas talking games, you should, um, do that. And then there's another thing you can do if, uh, you want to, um, if you want to help us, uh, have strangers find the show. Uh, and what is that thing, Sunday? Uh, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show. And we got one in January that just made my heart go. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. So we yes. posted it on Twitter because it's like, it's the equivalent of like when your mom puts your painting or like your sketch on the refrigerator. <laughs> we, we, I tweeted it because it made me feel good. So thank you for that review. It was very sweet of you, if you're listening. Yes. It was very, very, it was very, very kind of you. Um, uh, and it did. It did make me feel better, too. Yes. It was, yes. I, it was, it was like a good little, good little, like, endorphin kick for the creative juices. Um, yeah. So, if you leave it somewhere that is not the Apple Podcast Store in the U.S., you should, like, let me know. Because it's pretty impossible to track across all of these platforms. And I really do actually want to see it and read it. Like, please just drop me a note. I promise it's not weird. I want to read your review. It will make me very, very happy. And then I'll send it to Phil, and it'll make him very, very happy, too. Right? Indeed. Yes. Anyway, Indeed I just going to call out one other thing. I just realized, so 2020 was the year of If You Listen to Us, You Will Love It, but 2021 is the year of Your Game's More Better, More Fun. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm reluctant to give up If You Listen to Us, You Will Love Us, but but I think I think 2021 is uh, Your Game's More Better, More Fun. To be clear, Listen. when I wrote it down, I spelled more M-O-A-R. I did not spell it M-O-A-R. I, how else would you spell it for this occasion? <laughs> Yes, good. I'm glad we're on the same page here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the short version of if you listen to Pandas Talking Games, your games will be more better, more, more fun. fun. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Absolutely ridiculous. Cool. Fantastic. Good. Say, Senda, tell me what you are going to do with your gaming group on their next big journey. Ooh. You know what? I'm actually playing a game where literally the adventure is traveling right now.
This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Clicky. Clicky. Click, 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 click. Hello, waveforms. This is too much fun to write on the thing and be like, <laughs> you can see it too. <laughs> yes, well, that's a thing we're going to get into in the Bamboo Lounge. <laughs> actually, I'm kind of excited. This is uh, this is cool. We haven't actually done anything to innovate the show in a little while. Yeah, so. we really haven't. What we've done is we've, we've like, the innovations we've done, we're like, we're not going to do this stuff anymore. <laughs> really, the, you know... Really, the show is just about the friendships you make along the way. You know, I updated the description and hopefully it feeds through onto iTunes because I realized our description was really old and a little bit outdated. <laughs> well, that's good. All right, let's do this. Cool. Bloop. Bum, bum. Hey. Oh, I'm sorry. I talked right over you Ruined saying the thing. the opening. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Okay. Shutting up now. <laughs>